Cool. Well, I think I think I'm ready to go on my end, Gordon. If uh, if you are, then I'm just so disappointed now. I just oh. like <laughs> I was like very excited to talk about it, and it's just he's gonna be down this whole show. You guys want me just to run things, or yeah, yeah you should because I'm just so like I'm just such a, I'm so bummed now. It's just like you can just introduce Brian as the new the new host of uh, the Full Nerd. He should, yeah, he should be. I'm I'm just kind of crushed in a way, but I, I guess. <laughs> I, we'll talk about it. We're going to talk let's, about let's this. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Ready? Let's do let's it. Go. In this episode of Full Nerd, direct... Oh, damn it. How am I going to say that? Direct storage. Here we go. In this episode of Full Nerd, direct storage, GeForce Now, and the Outrage Pony rides again. Welcome to episode 245 of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Maung, with special guest Brian Sorrow of BPS Customs. That is me. And Adam Patrick Murray controlling the vertical and horizontal. Uh, Gordon, to you and uh, the rest in the audience who are celebrating uh, Gong Hei Fat Choi. Oh, very is that, good. Is that oh, how yeah. I said it? Did I say it right? I hope so. I, I will accept it. I will accept okay. it. It'll work. Right. You know, it's, you know. It's 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 reason in a reason reasonable effects simulation, and you know Willis, the funny thing Willis is taught it to me, so I'm I'm just going to be honest there. Uh, everybody <laughs> has assumed that means ha- you know Happy New Year because the lunar lunar New Year is 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 has just kicked off. Willis uh, told me what it really means. What does it really mean? It means I I, I uh, like get rich. I hope you get rich. Isn't that? Yeah, correct? pretty much. I only recently learned that too because this whole huh. my entire life was like, oh, it must mean Happy New Year. But no, no, no. Is it like good fortune or something like yeah, that? Yeah, good fortune. You know, it, it's uh, a lot of it's because, um, you know, any agrarian society, I've realized things are very built on, you know, luck. So, you know, everything is uh, having having wealth and, and having wealth leads to food, leads to life. So that's the whole thing. So even before you're actually saying Happy New Year, you're basically saying, Dude, you gotta have some money because you know it's a rough world. <laughs> in this new year, if you don't have money, you know it's it's gonna be rough. So I, I hope you have money. You hope I have money. It's very uh, practical. It's extremely it, practical. You know. Yeah. And I, I never would, realized. How else would that. you buy direct storage games? Uh, no, yeah. Because right? you're gonna yeah. have to pay. Well, I guess you don't have to pay for it. You'll have to. You'll have. You won't probably be re- running direct storage on the. <laughs> The operating system most of us are running, so that's that's the. Uh... Well, I think that I think we got to talk about that first. So, so we'll, yeah, well, go ahead. F- well, first, you got. I, I think that we got to explain what direct storage is. There's actually some oh, people probably... in the chat who actually yeah. don't know what direct storage is. So let's let's give you a, a quick little high level over, overview. Yeah. So I mean, it first kicked off with direct storage 1.0 early early last year. Microsoft, you know, showed off that as a hey, we're coming up with this cool feature. It's something we've been doing on Xbox. Uh, basically, lets the uh, storage subsystem of your uh, directly interact with the GPU, so you can basically transfer textures to your GPU. Uh, one problem with the original implementation is it did not actually support any way to decompress textures, so it was less exciting. Probably about four or five months later, they came out with Direct Storage 1.1 that actually did support... Um, sending assets from your storage device to directly to your GPU uh, through the system memory and also allowing the GPU to do use its massive parallel engine to decompress those assets. It's actually uh, built off of uh, G-Deflate, which is developed by NVIDIA. Um, 
Ryan Smith over at Nanontech actually has a really good primer on this. You should go over there and read it. And basically, you you take the the assets, you know, mostly high, you know, resolution uh, textures. You instead of have, sending them to the G, the CPU and having the CPU slowly compared to the GPU decompress them and then sending it over to the GPU, it basically sends it directly to the GPU. It does the decompression at a significantly faster uh, rate than the CPU could, while also leaving the CPU free to do other things. And that's the story of direct storage. Well, r- been- r- real quick, uh, uh, Dr. Ian Cutris, Tech Tech Potato, is in the chat, uh, and no. he'd like to put out. Uh, it's been an enterprise HPC for years. It is only now coming to gaming. So, oh, interesting. Uh, I, I guess it was in enterprise, and then it was in consoles, and now it's in PC gaming. We're we're really yeah, getting last. partier. We're yeah. always last. Always <laughs> last. But the you know, but the the big thing is today we have our first game that actually implements it. It's what's it called again? I keep on for, wanting to say for forespoken. Forspoken. Yep. So Square Enix. From Square Enix. And, you know, there's there's been a a lot of hype built around direct storage because of the performance differences. You're actually seeing a significant decrease in load times between a hard drive and a a SATA SSD. And you're actually seeing a very decent and actually significant uh, increase in performance and load times for games going from SATA to an NVMe drive, because it's actually been pretty hard to justify getting an NVMe drive for gaming, because it really is just like not a huge difference, but this is basically cutting it in half, although arguably the demonstrations have shown going from like two to three seconds to one and a half second or under one second. But Which, which you know, they, they've, they've shown these demonstrations before this game launched, yeah. correct? They've right. shown it before, well before, and then now the game is finally here, and I guess people can at least see the difference, although I, it's kind of a pain that you'd have to load it on different devices. But um, well, let me let me ask you this: <clears throat> this is clearly like an advance in technology. You're you're utilizing GPU cycles that would otherwise just be idle, so that's good. But what are you when you think of the problems that your PC or your PC gaming experience has? Is load times high on your list? Uh, you know, it depends on the game. Because definitely there are times when it is kind of a bummer that's a little slower. I, I could see getting to essentially a one to two second load on everything all the time being very nice. Mm-hmm. I, I do I do want to point out one other thing uh, in Ryan's story over at Anontech. He does point out, like, besides the fact that you have to support the API, the developers then have to redistribute. To, for new games, they'd have to distribute the textures compressed with, you know, G-Deflate, basically. And for older games, they'd have to basically redistribute uh, textures, you know, uh, using the new compression algorithm versus using a, a normal whatever they're previously used. So that it's not just simply a, oh, you immediately get it. It will take developers right. actually supporting it as well. And it's well, likely that means that we're not going to see this uh, except on newer games moving forward. Yeah, I, I doubt. I doubt you're going to see, uh, you know, legacy games that load relatively quickly anyway really feel the need to go back and redevelop this yeah. to you know yeah uh, you'd I'll, have to go in and and re- <clears throat> but it might be worth it you know and, and, it's, and the nice thing about all of the you know the the you know online stores now instead of physically getting a dvd or a cd is they could just simply send over more assets to whatever store that is selling the game and if right. you happen to have a a machine that supports direct storage 
you could you could opt to download those those textures and but people would uh, in the chat or uh, would also like to point out that it's not just for load times which which is a good thing but also asset streaming so yeah. especially for open world games which for spoken does have an open world um oh, okay contingent mm -hmm. to it the idea is that you know once you load in the world you don't have to worry about hopping in and out for asset streaming or loading different areas i mean as somebody who both plays on both PC and console, I mean, I've seen the effects on, on modern PS5 and Xbox One. I'm sorry, Xbox Series uh, consoles. So it, it is actually pretty nice to be like, hey, you know, even if you have a little bit of load in, once you're in an open world game, the yeah. idea of not then ever having to load again in your session right. is, is actually pretty fun. So. I think that, like, the game that, that stands out to me the most is needing something like this would be, like, Red Dead 2. That game is just a nightmare to to load. Every time I want to benchmark it, I just sit at my Ooh. PC, just like. I mean, especially that, that that initial, yeah, that and initial that, loading is just like, oh boy. Yeah, and then in, there's also in between scenes and whatever else, it, it does have to load assets and textures and whatnot. So I, I I could see it being useful. I'm not trying to to poo poo the technology. Yeah. Uh, I'm just wondering, you know, how many games is this applicable for where people really care that much? Like, I, I, I know that there's a lot of people out there who would probably say that, you know, okay, I'll wait five seconds for my game to load. Um, it's fine with me, you know? Yeah. Well, I, 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 I guess it, it depends on the requirements to get into it, right? If you're on a system that doesn't have, or so, so what are the requirements? I guess we can talk about that. But if, I mean, if somebody's looking to upgrade their system to take advantage of it, yeah, maybe it doesn't make sense. But, you know, luckily, if maybe somebody already has it, it's like, oh, okay, cool. It's a little added bonus. So yeah, what does it take to get into it, Gordon? And it's part of my disappointment because I swear to God, after they announced direct storage, what, early last year, January, February timeframe, the messaging was you don't have to have Windows 11. So you'll remember, I mean, this has been I, said. I could have swore I heard that too. Yeah, that this Windows has been 10 was many, get many, many, many times before, which is, in fact, we even discussed that on the show because people would have rioted if you did not have it supported on direct ten, direct uh on windows 10 <laughs> and and here we get to today and the system requirements for 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 spoken uh we actually have that in a in a tweet adam if you want to pull up the specs the minimum is you know you got your min spec for cpu and gpu okay who cares hard drive and then recommended is a an ssd with 150 gigs and then for ultra NVMe, um, 150 gig. And then if you actually go to the second, the second page, it actually says uh, direct storage support under Windows 11. So it sounds like it will not be supported under Windows 10. Although the fact that it says direct storage support under Windows 11 with an NVMe SSD does not mean it won't run on Windows 10 with direct storage. It certainly looks like it. That's the conclusion I would draw. But, you know, if you were reading that, it's like, ah, this doesn't say it doesn't work, but it doesn't say right. it the, does. the wording itself doesn't rule it out. But right. I think they are being pretty specific with what they want you to have. Yeah. Well, and and uh, I did ask this uh, to our, our resident Windows uh, reviewer and expert, Mark Hawkman, uh, and he, he linked me to this. Uh, let's see. It's a, a news news post on Xbox.com about Windows 10, the best uh, 
the best windows for gaming and the the pull quote that he had from there was that if you want to get your pc ready take advantage of direct storage games we have a few suggestions direct storage is compatible with windows 10 devices but windows 11 has the latest storage optimizations built in and is our recommended path for gaming so it, it sounds like yes theoretically but it doesn't mean anything in a way it's just like what are you saying like is it a bad experience i mean and it's definitely one of those things where you know we've seen companies sort of hint that you want the newer thing even though it works essentially the same as the older thing because they really really want you to use the newer thing right yeah Doesn't that kind of feel like it we're just uh, gonna have to test it out right uh, dr ian cutters would like to point out uh might not be validated for windows 10 yet gordon so yeah yeah i mean maybe that's it maybe it's just delay so maybe we can't draw the conclusion that that w windows 10 is left um behind but the fact that it's not there yet, you know, you're right. So again, you don't want to jump to conclusions, but I, it, it's like, oh, come on. Can you at least, it would well, be nice because the thing is I, again, I've taken it to say originally they said like, hey, Windows 10 will, will offer direct storage support, right? And they are kind of saying they are, but I, I don't know. Well, so it definitely makes it less exciting in some ways. What, what if, what if, what if you had everything other than like a, the you had a drive that was capable of it, you had a card that was capable of it, game that was capable of it. The only thing left was the operating system. Is that is that going to hold you back, Gordon? Uh, I don't know. You know, because I I really I just just a lot of UI. I have a lot of UI issues with Windows 11. And I, uh, I would find I would think it would be. I would think that would hold up a lot of people. Upgrading an OS is not not a uh, process without risks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't think. And like I like I think we were touching on before, or at least I was. I, I don't know how much of a benefit this is to take that risk. It might just be like I'm cool with Windows 10. Like I'll wait right. a couple extra seconds. Well, yeah. I, here, here's a funny because I think the thing is that direct storage. I, I don't <clears> think it's a given that it's just gonna all of a sudden start coming to all the games. I think it, it probably has at least some sort of uh, implementation that needs to happen. I don't know how intensive it is, but uh, we're probably going to get into one of those scenarios, kind of like ray tracing, where some games are going to have it, but a lot most games are not going to have it. Is it something like ray? Because I know, Gordon, I mean, you were early on, you were like, oh man, if you can get that ray tracing, hell yeah. you know. But uh, maybe there's yeah. some people like, man, if I can get that faster load times... Hell yeah, I will do everything I can. Uh, you mean developers? Well, maybe that means or, that... Or, yeah, sorry, or, Gordon. Why, sorry, do you mean developers or do you mean actually... I'm saying end, end users like yourself. Like I, I do find it interesting that you were like, oh yeah, hell yeah, I'll, I'll upgrade what I need to do to get ray tracing. But in this case, for direct storage, you're like, eh, I don't see the benefit enough to make the jump from Windows 10 to 11 if, if that's one of the, the stumbling blocks. Yeah, what I've done... what. You know, and I, and I don't, again, I don't hate Windows 11. I just have issues with it currently. And you, we always get into these, you know, these these matches with, with standouts of Microsoft where they want you to do adopt to the new thing. And there's just sort of, you have to fundamentally alter how you use the operating system for decades for some of us. And that is kind of a hard sell for me. But, you know, fundamentally, it's, it's a solid OS. It's going to be a great OS in the end but right now it still feels to me like the best way to sort of force microsoft to like back down is to not not <laughs> not to upgrade like i literally have two laptops i fired up today and they both had like hey 
this laptop is ready for Windows 11. We like to download it and like, where's that button? Say no. I click that no button because <laughs> no, no. I could. And I, I just don't, yeah. I just don't like how they, you know. And again, it's to be fair to Microsoft. Sorry, I don't want to. I want to let Brian say something. He, I don't know if he's heard this, but they. They have a problem, but they have an, an intensely huge install base of people that don't want to move forward. Because if this is where the button is on my television, I want that button to always be there. But they have to always, you have to move forward. And it's really, they get into these fights where the old folks like me don't want to change. And they have to, they have to find a way to make people move forward. And I'm, I'm just like, like honestly, if I can go back to Windows 7, I would, right? Because it worked for me. But that's... You can't you can't be a modern corporation and try to sell somebody the same product you sold twenty years ago. It's just you're basically gonna be you're just gonna be vanished off this earth. So that that's my my statement. Brian, you got any input here? Yeah. You're kinda I'm, like okay with it almost. Well, <clears throat> you're the comparison with, with ray tracing is certainly an interesting one because like when that debuted, um, it was a big deal. Like it, you know, NVIDIA made it a big deal, the demos were impressive. Um, it looked like it was going to change gaming and it did five years later, you know, right. like now we're seeing most games have some kind of ray tracing or, or, you know, DLSS component or whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's only really now that you can buy quote unquote mainstream GPUs with the horsepower to run those games. So, you know, the people who adopted it when it was first announced didn't really see the benefits like an, immediately. So, you know, you, if you have people who are looking into these new technologies who that are going to provide a real benefit, they might not be able to actually realize that benefit, you know, except if they play for spoken, you know, right. and for they now, have Windows yeah. 11. <laughs> so, <clears throat> you know, I mean, I think that for now, it, it's certainly an interesting um I don't know. It's an interesting direction for uh, uh, for developers to go, but I don't know if it's required yet. So yeah, I don't know how much overhead there is in, in coding that in. That's just something I'm not familiar with. You know, if it's something that's worth it for a lot of people to really explore, especially if you have a lot of legacy gamers that are, like you said, still on Windows 10. And or still Windows, on like a 1060. Or on the GTX 1060 or something. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I, I I do have a good question though. Um, uh, Fletch in our uh, in in the chat uh, said direct storage will have a bigger impact on your gaming experience than ray tracing. Uh, do you do you agree with that? Do you think in in the long term? Right now, obviously, it's just one game. But in the long term, do you think direct storage will have a bigger impact on more people's gaming experience than ray tracing? No, I don't. Yeah, uh, I I yeah I I would say no because I still think that the upsides from direct from ray tracing i think will be larger in the end and it's going to be a universal thing like every every graphics hardware every piece of graphics hardware that comes out now has some you know uh dedicated rt cores or whatnot and eventually you're going to move away from rasterization in most games you're just going to move direct all the ray tracing it may yeah. not be it may not be next year but like that's that's where it's going i mean the, everything looks better the lighting is more realistic it takes more processing power to do it, so we can't do it yet. But I think that's where we'll end up. Yeah, and then also a good point that you know Jared Walton over at um, Tom's Hardware made in an interview a few years ago was like that 
he was at PC Gamer at the time, is like all the developers he had talked to really look forward to it because it's a tremendous amount of work to sort of do this fake lighting that they do in games. So using ray tracing actually makes the burden lighter for them. So then yeah. they can they can work on some something else in the game to make it better, hopefully, right? So the the ray tracing will be ultimately a bigger benefit. But I what I do think though is I do think basically recompressing assets, you know, using G deflate, adding some APIs is gonna be a lot easier to do. It's a lot less of a lift than like, oh, let's let's change our entire lighting engine um, for ray tracing. So I, I do think it'll just be one of those things within 12 to 24 months, you know, most new games will come with uh, direct storage in the end. So animal. more quickly to adopt, but not as impactful? Yeah, but it'll be weird because you'll just sort of take it for granted. Like, oh, games, all games should load in one to two seconds and you shouldn't right. have these massive you know, level loads, uh, and, or, you know, you shouldn't have all the, all the issues when you're in an open world where, you know, you know, when you hit that boundary, it just gets funky. So I think it'll just, it'll just be taken like, that's what everything has. So, yeah. Uh, a friend of the show, Davinia Duckworth, uh, says, uh, it's kind of a snarky comment, but I'm sure NVIDIA has a similar technology waiting in the wings for them to rebrand, but Gordon, I mean, they're already involved in this. Yeah, they were involved in this. Yeah. Again, remember, so Geodeflate is, you know, NVIDIA um, did it. It, I, I'm guessing they agreed to, to have Microsoft implement it in direct storage, and that's the only way to get the other GPU vendors to buy in, right? They're not going to do it unless it's open. So that's that's one of the cool things about having Microsoft as that sort of, you know, Switzerland here. It's that neutral party that everybody can support, but... They are taking a technology develop on NVIDIA. So I, I know people always want to be snarky to NVIDIA because that's just how they are. But it, this is, it's like the cam, Dell's cam. It, it, this is an, it is still a community. We have a mostly open community, mostly friendly. Um, they are obviously competitors, but they rely on other people to do it because if you tried to go at your own, own way all the time, you're going to end up, you know, in a bad place because you have you can't afford to do all development for all the things that are happening on the PC and that's kind of one of the the nice things that we have even though it is messier on our side of the aisle is uh, it's open again so Nvidia did it they give it up Microsoft puts it out there Intel and then AMD supports it. apparently it runs better on Arc right now so. Wait, so hey. it's like, but but yeah right oh good something <laughs> uh, so you you can at least say that this isn't a, an Nvidia only technology D, like right now like this is direct storage is can be used on any GPU right now right do, do you think as far as I know yeah, yeah well do you think do you think Nvidia could do something on top of that to actually be like well if you want you know extra little bit of juice on a on Nvidia a boost? GeForce card yeah yeah like a, a direct storage uh, boost or Direct, direct storage ultimate. <laughs> you, you get even more direct storage on our card. Uh, director, director uh, storage. I, yeah, I mean it's always an advantage. The one of the nice thing, part of the reasons companies like to do the innovation on a technology and then give it up to everybody is because they are miles ahead of everybody. When if you make it a standard and it's all based on your standard, you know where all the bodies are buried. You know what makes it tick. You know how to make it faster, so they could, you know, you know, twelve months from now, say, "Hey, look how much faster we are than the competitors running direct storage." 
right? It might just also be a function that their hardware is generally more powerful and it just this just yeah. works better on more powerful GPUs. That too. Uh, well, we, we do have some some people, and I'm sorry, it, it's some of it scrolled by, but some people are asking, is this the same as um, uh, SAM or, or smart access memory, or is this the same as RTX IO? Uh, you know, how, how does all that compare? God, isn't RTX or IO kind of somewhat related to it in a way? I can't I'm actually not even familiar with that. Uh, yeah, too bad, I mean, too bad Brad's they... not here. They did try to, yeah, this is a brand, Brad area, but I remember them trying to push something that was similar to, it sounded on paper an awful lot like direct storage. So mm. I think that may be what Ian was talking about. This may be part of the enterprise stuff that they are pushing. But, you okay. know, they these companies, they, they do want to push their product, right? So, Sure. I, Another thing that, that according to the chat, had... it, it sounds like RTX IO is uh, the same uh, but uh, Sam is obviously something different. Sam is much different. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, I also I just wanted to touch on the, you know, will NVIDIA make a version of this that's better? Um, I don't know why they would if they've already dedicated the engineering to making this. Why? Why do it twice? You know, that, I don't think that would make much sense. Yeah, no, I, it doesn't seem like there's a competitive edge with it at this moment, but who knows? I, I, I guess I'd probably want to see more games support it, and as it develops, see how it goes. I'm sure, but you I will. think it's. I think it really does feel like we're just gonna like, games will just load incredibly fast, and you want to think about it. But, you know, the, the, you can lay all this cool technology out, but you know the problem is, there are a lot of people who still have games on on hard drives, right? So, <laughs> this will absolutely That's not true. make any difference if you have a slow ass hard drive to it just it's just going to be too slow so hopefully that that changes as people get new hardware but again this is sort of one of the weaknesses of the pc it is such a large tent that you have you have a lot of people that they can't afford large ssds so all the games come off a hard drive so i've moved away from the recommendation of building with hard drives really and in any sense um, I used to have my editing system had an array of 14 terabyte drives and I just stopped using them. Like accessing video files off of those drives was a, was a chore. And, you know, I'd rather offload them to external SSDs or whatever I need to do. And my recommendations now for any kind of PC that I put together, they will always involve, you know, SSDs only. Just so um, so. So I think that that if, and you know, plus we have now NVMe drive, one terabyte NVMe drives under a hundred bucks. So I don't think that that's going to be a sticking point for people moving forward. I saw a headline the other day that I, I didn't click on, but I, I think I, I kind of got the gist of it just from the headline. It said, uh, hard drive sales plummet, tape sale, tape drive sales increase, you know? <laughs> and I honestly like, you know, because I've always I've always been a hard drive in systems for cold storage. You know, for my backups. But yeah, you know, if you could get a high, because it's it's about the density, right? You really just want like oh, eight terabytes, fourteen terabytes. That seems okay. But if you could get a hundred gigabyte tape drive in a system, <laughs> and you, you just back up the tape all the time, it's like yeah, I don't need the hard drive, right? Because what do you? The only time you go to the hard drive is like oh, where's that thing? Like, I'm not going to start recommending tape drives. To yeah, oh boy, not... that would be well. Hilarious. But no, look, if you're thinking about, <laughs> I, and again, I I used to run a tape drive. I haven't run a tape drive in decades, but 
I could see like if you had a really high capacity tape storage for all your backups. Yeah. What the hell would you? I'd rather have that over a hard drive. Why would you want a hard drive? Because you. What about uh, five and a quarter inch floppies? Can we do that. Well, I guess you, you'd have to have a thing that swaps them out. Yeah, like a lot of floppies. Yeah, a lot of floppies. <laughs> no, but couldn't you see, like, if you had really, God, I, I really need to look at the price of, of tape drives. It would be funny if they just kind of came back in vogue again because <laughs> you could do, say, 200 gigs on a tape, throw it in your safe. You, you're not going to be able to touch that capacity with a hard drive. So. Uh, well, we're, we're, we're way off topic, but Dr. Yeah, Ian does point that uh, tape drives are cheap. The readers' writers are major expensive. So. Oh, there you uh, go. Yeah, there you go. Um, but, yeah, a, a final question before we get off of this. Uh, I, I do want to hear what, what uh, Brad has to say about it. Unfortunately, he's without power right now, so he couldn't chime in. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's on the East, East Coast getting slammed. Um, Silver Joysticks uh, asked earlier, how do I download direct storage? Where do you, you get basic- it? Oh, good. Oh, you no, basically need DirectX 12, right? So whatever the latest version of DirectX. But it, it's not something you need to update. It's built no, into the game. It comes in the game. Yeah, and then yeah. there's requirements as in Windows 11 and uh, supporting uh, Drive. We're actually going to do some testing. Uh, Gordon's planning on filming a video doing some different direct storage tests with different uh, kinds of drives. So Yeah, there's that little avocado benchmark that's out there. But now I, I guess I could load... Although I don't, it'd be kind of a pain. I guess I could move Forsaken to different drives for and try that as well. Forspoken, God, that's. I mean, Forsaken also, if you really want. Yeah, Forsaken. and Forsaken, if I want to go old. I don't school. think there's a built-in yeah. benchmark though, unfortunately. No yeah. built-in benchmark. Yeah. Uh, you can actually download that avocado demo. You have to compile it, but some people have put out, you know, compiled copies of it. And then also, I think the Xbox game, whatever game center thing actually has a, a test that will tell you if your system is ready for direct storage. So, Oh, oh okay. Hmm. Well, that's cool. Uh, well, does the Xbox game bar also tell you if you're GeForce Now ready? You know what you don't need mm. to run GeForce Now? <laughs> you don't need direct storage or Windows 11, right? You can run that on Mac or Chromebook. Right? I mean, crap, on your phone, Android. Yeah. Uh, so Gordon, uh, Brad's not here to talk about GeForce now. What the hell? That's his. That's uh, his thing. Why, why are we I know talking about it? It's a Brad thing. It's going to be hard for me to to talk about all the stuff. But you know, obviously, the they showed it off at CES. We now have the GeForce Ultimate tier that is available. It went live uh, just a few days ago. It, it it is essentially a rebranding of what used to be the 3080 tier, but they actually have 4080s in 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 these pods to to push the performance. All the ones they couldn't sell. All the ones they couldn't sell. Yeah, actually, I was kind of wondering, like, are these the the non, you know, the non-branded? I I don't, <laughs> I don't know if they're like, are these the forty eighty twelve gigs or are these the forty eighty other forty eighties? But uh, that controversy aside, GeForce Now Ultimate is out. Uh, it allows high frame rate gaming in uh, over stream gaming. You have to be near, I think, four different. Uh, locations in the U.S. to get the higher performance, but uh, it's essentially nineteen ninety nine per month or uh, ninety nine dollars every six months, and you are getting gaming for that, that tier. for that tier for the highest tier. They have a lower tier. I think it's about twelve dollars or thirteen dollars as well. But um, interestingly, in the week that Google shuttered Stadia, <laughs> Nvidia is pushing this very high performance version of geforce now geforce ultimate and it's pretty impressive we actually have a review up on our website written by 
Matt Smith, I believe. I'm not I, sure. I don't think it's a, a review per se. I think it's uh, he, oh, just, it's just he, got, he got some hands on testing. No, it's a, it's a, it even gives it a verdict. Does oh, it? wait, no way. I'm sorry. I tried I'm, out the I'm looking at the. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have a review. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Because there's just some reviews embedded he just in did here. Some testing. So, yeah, Matthew Smith, uh, PC World, go read the, not review, but uh, hands on with it. He did some testing with GeForce Now Ultimate. Um, he had a, t a chart where he was running Far Cry 6 Ultra with uh, DirectX on. He ran at 1080p as well as 1344 by 1440 or 34 by 14. Hitman 3 Dubai Ultra settings, ray tracing right. on. Don't uh, even get too bright. To, cyber to it to. <laughs> I thought I thought he was reading the specs wrong, and then I'm I mean, like, Wait. you know what? You could ask thirty-four him by if, fourteen. If, if, thirty-four by fourteen. Yeah, that's the popular resolution you gave. Oh, that's that, right, pretty Brian? standard, I think. Yeah, thirty-four by fourteen. Everybody does that. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't. Well, what are you going to call it? You going to call fourteen forty p? See, it doesn't work. Yours doesn't hold up either. At least mine makes more sense. <laughs> also, Cyberpunk twenty seventy-seven Ultra ray tracing on. Um, there's he was getting 100 Matthew was getting 108 frames a second at 1080p and 68 frames a second hitman Dubai with ultra in ultra with ray tracing on um, at 3440 by 1440 cyberpunk 2770 50 frames a second at 1440 ultra wide and 1080p 82 frames a second shadow tomb raider highest ray tracing shadows 136 frames a second ultra wide and 158 at 1080p so it's you're getting very high frame rates if you have a G G-Sync monitor compatible, you'll also get, you know, you, you can basically get high frame rate gaming at home with GeForce Now if you are playing, paying for the ultimate version. Oh, and and yeah. even without without DLSS too. So, I mean, there's there's DLSS. Yeah, and there's DLSS as an option as well. And uh, there's a zero, you can do the freebie. You can do the Elena plan, which is zero dollars. <laughs> or you can do <laughs> that that joke never gets old. Nine ninety nine for priority and then nineteen nine twenty bucks for ultimate. So Yeah. Uh Gordon, uh, both both you and I were, were a part of the uh the testing, initial testing before the rollout, uh, because we're we're located here in San Francisco, which is close to one of their um, their stations or however you wanna describe it. Uh you you tried it out on your ten gig fiber connection. What, yeah, it was what, actually you pretty cool. I, I, you know, it, you know, it's always cool. You know, talk about fast loads or whatever. Like it's, it's really cool to just go on your computer, fire up GeForce Now, like oh, I'll play Control, right? And you're, you're, you're playing Control within a few seconds. So, <laughs> I, I can tell you, that? does huh? it have, does it have dedicated machines for for certain games, and it just routes you to the right machine? You know, I don't know if it's certain games, but, you know, they do route you to the faster server that you look at. And, of course, it helps their servers are in San Jose. We're in the East Bay, so it's not a very far hop. And both Adam and I have pretty impressive Internet. But, you know, the main thing is you're loading it on their server. So it's it, okay. it doesn't, you don't have to download it onto your client. You're just running on their machine. And it's already. No, there. I know. But if you were just kind of logging in remotely to a machine and booting the game, it would it wouldn't be instant, right? So uh, I'm just wondering if yeah. they have instances of this game already running. Oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. I would imagine they would because they, they don't have the full library. And actually, uh, Matthew's write-up says they note some things that are kind of missing. I don't know how much of a of a deal breaker is this to you. Let's see. Um... Yeah, when, when, when I logged in, uh, I mean, I've used GeForce uh, now 
for for years now, just kind of testing it out here and there. And I I always when it first came out, the whole idea was, oh, you just log in with your Steam uh, ID and you can play any game. And then they got in that black backlash with Valve, and then it was like, oh, okay, well we've got to have only supported games. So it's still like a, a a subset of my actual library. I think it's only like a quarter of all the games I have on Steam are actually supported on GeForce now. Yeah, there. So the as of January 2023, uh, GeForce Now supports roughly again. This is for Matthew Smith's write up on PCWorld.com. Go read it over there. Supports 18 of the 30 most frequently played games on Steam. Uh, not... Some notable exceptions that aren't there is Call of Duty: Modern Warfare 2, Grand Theft Auto 5, Elden Ring, and Red Dead Redemption 2 are among the games. Those are some pretty important games. They are very important, and there's no amount of technology or pixels or ray tracing or SSDs that will over, ever overcome the lawyers. So. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that. I mean, that's that's the problem. But I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, we can use this as kind of a. The idea was to use this as a way to you know jumping off point talk about game streaming stuff because especially for for many years now, Gordon, you've always been like, hey, I would much rather prefer hardware sitting next to me than piping into my connection you right. sound a little different on this yeah i so at ces both you and i we got to do that little challenge that little pepsi challenge and they had a machine with the what 3060 3060 yep one box had a 3060 the other one had geforce now ultimate uh, running, I think DLSS. I don't remember. Do you remember the game? It was actually. Uh, like, it, it uh, was a- Apex. It was in the it's like Apex. The, like so the, it's not the like shooting just, mode in the or the. Uh, yeah, so it was a, again a very of a- Apex. You know, kind of classic esports game, right? I would, I'd probably call it Apex a esports game. Do you think so? Mm-hmm. Or is my yes? Yeah, it was, it was yeah. 1080p high high refresh rate. Uh, and the idea was they kind of both Gordon and I did at the same time. They had the the two the two uh, setups, and they didn't tell us which is which. We both played a, a little bit, and then we switched, and both played a little bit, and then kind of told them which experience that that we preferred. I actually want to re- kind of recreate this for the PC World staff and have have people uh, around the office sit down uh, and kind of test that out just to to get like a blind taste test. Uh, Were they mainly focusing on latency? Latency. I think a, it's just. Yeah. Well, I mean, latency is a, a big thing they have been working on, and they do have like a, a low latency option. Um, right in in the settings uh but they also did have uh, they were talking about the uh, integration with with uh, g-sync uh monitors gordon right and reflex yeah and reflex so uh, th- the idea is that if if you have a, 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 a g-sync compatible monitor maybe it's g-sync ultimate i can't remember exactly the i think uh, it's compatible or ultimate oh okay yeah uh that the, the somehow somehow you actually get a little bit more latency benefit from it than if you didn't hmm. uh so well, that, I mean, that kind of leads into what my biggest fear is, obviously, and it's that not everybody in the U.S. has a 10 gig fiber connection. Um, I mean, broadband Internet, as much as it is now really um, thought of as a utility, is not ubiquitous. We right. don't have it everywhere. Um, and there are large communities that have no access to anything except dial up. I live pretty close to two major cities and there i have a friend who does not have an internet connection at their house they cannot get one it was not installed wow and it was and they uh in order to get one installed it would cost them some absurd number of tens of thousands of dollars wow um and that's i'm i'm in maryland so like 
I, I would imagine that this might be a big issue for some people as well as the fact that ISPs are greedy and <laughs> they like to implement data caps. And um, I mean, how, how do you, you know, how is that going to play when you, know, you use up all your family's internet playing some games? Well, and I mean, everything's different and you can't actually change the streaming quality, but I'm looking at the GeForce Now uh, app right now. And for the balanced, which is what it defaults to, it, it even says gameplay will use approximately 13 gigabytes per hour uh, based off the settings I have right now, which is, is uh, 2560 by 1440 at 60 FPS. So thir- 13 gigs an hour. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty significant, right? Yeah. Like, Yeah, no, I mean, that's that. That is kind of one of the challenges that faces just not just GeForce Now, but all the streaming services because um, data caps are an issue for them. I I don't, you know, I, I think like all things, it's not going to solve it for everybody It because, you know, obviously you to get the best tier that we're even talking about, you really have to be near one of four different server locations. Well, that's going to expand, I would imagine, right? Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's the thing is it's it's a long term. That's the whole. I, I think that's sort of their whole play is like they they're playing it, taking the long route, right? So there's, yeah, uh, and you can actually and I, see where it's not available in a lot of the world. We have a. I don't know if you want to show that map or now, but they have the 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 uh, GeForce Now networks on a map around the world, and you know you're clearly not going to get it in a lot of places, and it's not going to be a great experience if you're living away from those those uh, data centers. Yeah, I don't even know if it's necessarily cost prohibitive because. You know, you said it was a hundred dollars for six months, so two hundred dollars a year. That's yeah. three three games. Like that's buying three games on Steam in a year, right? Yeah. I so mean, like, yeah. I don't think that the cost is an issue, but like, I I I feel that there's more there's other roadblocks there. Yeah, I think that to me the the roadblock too is also it's as actual gaming systems are now back on the the menu for everybody it's going to be hard to compete with you just buying a, a box either a pre-built yeah. or just building your own for seven to eight hundred dollars that will get you you know 30 60 and up performance i would imagine so i think that's that could be a problem but you know for the but again i do think the future for a lot of people will be streamed games because if you're looking at you know ten dollars for the the lower tier that's not really a big big deal and you could play that on a chromebook you can play that on a mac places where gaming just doesn't exist so i i think it's it's good for a small subset you know i i do go back to even even what jensen said uh I, there was a we were in a press conference maybe four years ago and he said like streaming will never replace your desktop and i i do agree with that i i, I agreed when he said it and i agree now but from what I saw at CES, though, it's one of those things where when you actually do it, you're kind of like, oh, shit, this is actually really good. Like Adam and I, Adam and I were like, this is really good. Like, honestly, you do this Pepsi challenge. Sorry, Pepsi, we're, we're using your, your trademark here. But if you do this Pepsi challenge with a lot of with like 25 gamers, I bet you the we'd be surprised by how many people just cannot tell the difference between this new GeForce Ultimate and, a, and an actual, you know, you know, gaming desktop sitting next to their, their legs. So that, well, maybe the, maybe the best, but yeah, maybe the best implementation of this, the, the target market 
should be the mid-range gamer then the not the tier paying twenty dollars a month but the ten dollar a month tier playing on lower end hardware chromebooks whatever else you might have where you know that it's going to provide a better experience than they could really ever get with their hardware otherwise right. um and they're also not going to be eating up data like they would with the higher tier so I mean, maybe that's that seems like a more appropriate use of this than, you know, going all out buying the 4080 streaming package, you know. But yeah. but, and, but once again, I mean, the, the caveat still applies of you have to be located close. You have to have an Internet service provider that, you know, like like Gordon and I have that no data caps or we have really strong connections. So, I mean, there, there's but still maybe with that lower tier, it, you know, yeah. yeah, with that lower tier, you might not necessarily need as fast of a connection like i think it might yeah, just be more accessible are. yeah yeah i would think if you have a chromebook you're not going to pay hopefully you're not paying for the high-end service because right. you, you you you're not pushing higher than 60 hertz anyway yeah i true, i kind of wonder though like maybe that maybe the concept is like you know what you you went through the whole gpu drought and prices still are not to where you're happy enough with it so you want to get by with this for six months. Say you have a, a you know, one of those budget G-Sync panels. You've got a decent internet. You could stick with your, you know, 1050 for six months or eight months. And and uh, it, honestly, <laughs> the performance will, again, probably be better than what you can, if you can't afford it, I guess. So I, I do see a lot of, it's a good tool to access for some people. I do, and again, I, I don't see it as a threat at all. There's no way this is going to replace PC right. games. Um, I, I like it. I think it's, I, I mean, I talked to, so Keith um, also is a big fan of, of uh, GeForce now. And he, um, he, I did a video. Mean, I, I don't hate it, Keith. Yeah. Keith, Keith yeah. I don't hate it. He doesn't it, hate May. it. Yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't hate it. it. So um, I did a, a video, like a yearly roundup video last year. And I involved a bunch of different uh, people in that. And I asked them, just talk about your favorite thing of the year doesn't necessarily have to be your, you know, GPU of the year. Just what was your favorite thing? And he said it was his experience playing streamed games. And he said that it was just something that, you know, he hadn't had experience with before. He was very impressed with how everything worked and how smooth it was. I mean, I, I, I know plenty of people that are that are into this. And I think that it's I, I think that it's definitely a good thing. I just don't necessarily know if it's going to be for everybody and i think like what you guys were saying about it's not going to replace your desktop box is 100 percent accurate i i'm not i don't can't, i can't see anybody that has uh, you know an rtx 40 80 machine or what even like a 3080 machine what like being in, in, interested in this in any way yeah no well yeah obviously because i mean what are these latency numbers uh one of these slides here adam it was uh yeah, I, I can't remember. I, I, I will point out, uh, yeah, I think for me, like, I mean, we're we're all people that I think we love playing around with the bleeding edge and, and new tech. For me, it's more like a theoretical, like, wow, this is getting really good. This technology is like crazy under the right circumstances. Like, sure. Yeah. Do, I mean, we always joke around about, oh, Brad always jokes around about, yeah, GeForce Now. Uh, like, I, I, I don't think I've ever caught myself recommending it to somebody. Uh based off of like situations but like yeah like for me it's it's at least one of those things of like 
dang this this tech is getting really good uh so yeah i've been impressed and i, I think that's that's the one thing i i need to say like again you know jensen himself said it'll stream games will never replace the client right you're never going to replace it i agree with that wholeheartedly but also i have to be honest when i say that for a lot of people and this is the scary thing is after doing that that geforce now test there's a lot of people that really don't need to buy a gaming pc and deal with all the hassles of all that and on the upgrade cycle and on the can't get a gpu cycle and all that stuff there's a lot of people that really this is perfectly fine it's more than fine because it, it is impressive enough that i honestly can say like you know fiscally it makes a hell of a lot of sense and it's a little scary and i that's why i'm saying this it is a little scary because it has gotten really really good and, and again in my heart i don't believe it'll ever replace it because we keep going you're we're looking at 500 hertz panels we're looking at thousand hertz panels so we'll never replace that experience that we get on the pc but for the average person that can't afford it is not going to be able to afford it then i have to say like you really got to consider it and yeah that's that kind of sucks because we always want to have more people build pcs and have the fast client but right you know you gotta you, you can't just simply I don't want to be one of those people like, well, no, you can't ever buy this because it's like, well, no, it's really damn good. And, and that is that is a little scary to me that GeForce now has gotten so good because sitting down there 3060 and streamed, <laughs> I think, Adams, you said you preferred the stream version to the 3060, right? In, in in the blind thing, when they finally told us which was which, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I prefer this one on the left. And they're like, that was the GeForce one now. I, I, we're still digging into the details of what the specs were and, like, you know, how they configured it and whatnot. But, I mean, yeah, it was in what they had set up. I was like, oh, yeah, this one felt more stable and more fluid for me. Uh, I Another thing I, I want to point out, too, which, which is kind of obviously a, a first world thing too but um the other use case i can see is and i've tried that myself i loaded up on my aok zoe a1 which is a like a you know a steam deck competitor i have good internet i have good wi-fi wi-fi 6e you know so like rather than running on that 6800u i was able to stream a 4080 on a handheld device you don't get there's not like official support on the Steam Deck, but if if that ever came, or if you want to load Windows on the Steam Deck, whatever, that's a whole another thing. That's another use, you know. And some people are saying in the chat is like do, doing it to mobile devices uh, would be another use case. So, yeah, no, that's yeah. actually a pretty good one. But anyway, GeForce Now, Court, uh, Brad's not here to talk about it, so not here. <laughs> but we had to mention it so that Brad could uh, continue his streak of <laughs> always talking about GeForce Now. So. <laughs> <laughs> is he going to be mad that he missed this that's the question mm, i've i've no i have no idea I, I think he's just dealing with snow so uh <laughs> so speaking of people getting mad um the outrage pony rides but why why is it riding this time gordon i i, I know there's something been going on that uh that you two are well, keen to talk about so let's let's kick it off with that first well it actually we actually talked about it was it last week or two weeks ago um, i think we talked about it a little bit last week but we talked about it last week basically there was a report out of germany uh repair shop chris fix i don't know why i kept saying fix obviously it's still still a little hungover from ces he basically said he had received 60 some odd radeon cards 6000 series cards and 40 I think it was 40 48 oh, 48 of them had the same 
kind of issues where it looked like the diet is dyes had cracked. And then he initially said the headline actually somewhat contributed to, I think, a lot, a lot of the usual kind of um, outrage. But it was like, are, are AMD drivers killing it? Because his assumption early on was like, well, how the hell do I get almost 50 cards that have these cracked eyes? People reportedly doing different things. The only thing that would sort of point toward is um, bad drivers. And, of course, it's like, well, drivers can't kill video cards is what everybody will say. And then there was debate over that. But he kind of was wondering if that was it because he couldn't. There was like no he, – he just – it made zero sense. Then um, the, he reviewed, he released a video earlier this week that basically said, oh, actually – so now after conducting, you know, a couple hundred hours worth of testing, looking into it more, talking to the customers, his theory is – that the cards were likely all sold by the same and this is again it's a theory because he doesn't he hasn't he hasn't done the gumshoe work of going out and tracking down each customer and finding out who they bought it from and then trying to trace them all back but the theory that makes the most sense to him is not that drivers killed them and the issue is one he thinks a miner probably basically had a boatload of uh, radeon cards to get rid of they took those cards, they paused, and he said that all of the cards look completely clean, like there wasn't a speck of dust, like they had never been run. So his theory is they, uh, I think they pressure washed them or they may have exposed them to liquid. They may have been just stored really poorly through the winter. And then they all got sold off, and a lot of the cards then, you know, blew up because of the moisture that had soaked into the cards. And he doesn't believe it's, drivers he doesn't believe it's any kind of manufacturing issue that he does just simply he strongly believes that it just comes down to some miner sold a, a batch of bad cards that were either possibly pressure washed to get out to make them you know look like they were brand new and sell them or possibly stored in a in a you know in a you know a shed or a warehouse that was exposed to a high amount of moisture yeah well, I think when we were what, at what CES, happened? I mean, a lot of people were were talking about this, uh, you know, and the, and then the, in the days and weeks afterward too. A lot of people were like, "Oh my God, look at AMD! They've got all these problems piling up from the the vapor chamber thing to this to oh man, right. bad time to be an AMD fan right now." Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, no, I really did. It's like it really did come. Like, yeah, it, it just like come on, really? <laughs> like, the drivers are killing your old cards, and of course. What I like, though, was the theory like, oh, you know what's going on? AMD released drivers to kill the 6000 series to force people to buy the 7000. That was that was one of my favorite ones. I think. That yeah. Was how, how it it really it strikes me how people are so willing to accept the first thing they hear without even thinking about it critically in any way. Like how AMD designed a driver to target specifically 6000 series cards without harming anything else in their lineup and yeah they did I mean, this that... purposefully or the or negligently like they don't test on 6900 xts like this right. makes no sense none yeah and and i got so many messages tweets comments that i can't be using an amd card like they're not their drivers are all messed well the drivers might be messed up for other reasons but it's not this like, I, I I just couldn't believe how far people were willing to take it and how quickly it escalated once that initial story came out. And it also, 
was interesting that we only saw it from one repair shop in one country, one area of the world. And these cards were all in the same place. Like you don't think that the tens of thousands of cards that exist around here, you would have heard a peep out of anybody if this was happening. So it's, I mean, having a little bit of skepticism really does go a long way. And I mean, it's, it's, so I guess it's physically possible for a, a driver to damage a card in that way, but it would be extreme. Like I've put, so I do some extreme overclocking and I've put over a thousand Watts through my 4090s and they're fine. So how much power is going through these cards that they crack in half? You know, um, it was bizarre and it was, um, it was interesting to see the community's reaction overall to a story that needed more investigation. It was interesting data that, I mean, this guy, have you, I don't know if you guys have ever watched Chris Fix. Um, he is excellent at what he does. His channel is really, really interesting and very technical. I, I don't doubt what he was putting out there was factually correct as far as the damages that he was observing. But the conclusion that he drew initially was odd. And then the fact that everybody jumped on it was even stranger. Yeah, I, I do think that's and I, I don't look. I think people should be skeptical of what you and I say. You should always be because you know what? Yeah, you, I'm pretty you dumb. Got, you got a brain. You shouldn't accept what anybody anywhere ever says without, you know, like, uh, I'm always going to. I can I can accept that Gordon is wrong or Brian is wrong or Adam is wrong or Ian is wrong or Steve is wrong. It happens to everybody. And you should be skeptical of anything you're that you see on YouTube or read on a website. And you should also be skeptical of some random person writing something on Reddit or Twitter or YouTube comment. That person may also not know what they're talking about. too. So I don't understand why the same rules don't apply to everyone's like, you just like, just think about this. Now it, it, this, it may not, it may not be, it just may not be true. Like every, that's why everybody just needs to, to slow it down. I, I think. Right. Cause it was, it was yeah. like it was a ser- it was the thing is it was serious. I was like, holy smokes, you have fifty card, kind of breaking identically. So that's really weird. Of course, they're all in Germany. That's pretty weird too, right? I mean, but there uh, were there were some people worried like, oh, he's he's just the first wave to see it. Like we're gonna start seeing these other waves around the around the world. Oh, because the driver's only time to break them at a certain. They look at the system clock and then yeah. they break it, right? It's time zone. Time the self destructs. <laughs> they they activate the self destruct sequence on the on the graphics card that that is there. So yeah, and it, it was it was. I mean, uh, I'm sure I don't. Well, I think you guys saw the video that I posted the other day about yes. this topic, and I just think that it's it's irresponsible of not only tech media but any media to be it's okay to report on a story without um, exacerbating the situation or drawing conclusions that will cause pandemonium essentially among people that have no recourse. Like what do you, you have people that have these cards that see a story pop up about, you know, this damage happening. And the conclusion that's being drawn is you can't use this driver. It will damage your card. 
that can't be healthy for anybody. Like, you know, especially the people who might not know any better and are hearing this from what they assume is a reputable source. And now they're they're upset. They're panicking. They're, they're, you know, commenting on videos is what they're doing. So, like, I think we just need to everybody needs to take a step back when it comes to this stuff. And I've not been one to jump on stories quickly. And occasionally it has hurt me because I am not the first to talk about something. And it turns out to be a big deal. I'd rather that than than, you know, jump on every story that I hear and just report on it and cause bigger problems for people. Um, you know, I'd rather be accurate than first. And I think that people should really strive for that. Yeah, that's an old old rule. Although most people would these days go for being first rather than being accurate. Yeah, well, the problem. And I, I mean, but I think the other end too is like uh, the, there's the first the, the accurate, but then there's also the the action. I mean, there there were uh, especially around let's say the twelve volt high power thing. There were people going out there being like, "Oh no, I I can't even recommend a forty ninety right now." Uh, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't even look you shouldn't even use one if you do have it. Uh, you know, like adding that other layer of this is what I recommend based off of of what I think is happening is is another sticky point. You know, because that that yeah. that goes beyond just reporting the details, right? That that's you're you're providing an action item based off of details you might not have the full picture of. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, that was that twelve volt high power thing was people were freaking out and people saying don't buy one, don't use it, kind of things, and it was kind of. It, it got out of control really quickly. So yeah, again, that was a message that was first reported on Reddit, the most reputable of news sources. Yeah. And then, you know, how many people did that actually happen to? Uh, from my information, that number is under a hundred and that's not, I mean, a hundred people, it's not great that they almost had a fire in their PC, but yeah. it's not a pandemic and it's not something that we can't resolve by properly using the hardware that we have and it shouldn't stop you from enjoying your purchase and you know people like have instant regret after buying a 4090 and seeing that some people's cards are going on fire and then seeing videos being posted by significant channels that really pump this up to a point where it's it's hysteria and it's like I just spent sixteen hundred dollars on this thing, and now it's going to burn my house down. What do I do with it? Right. Yeah, that was. I I would agree. I think it was very unfortunate because there, there is a responsible way to talk about it. Like we talked about this um, situation with the six thousand cards last week, which was within a day of um, Chris Fix's video coming out. Mm -hmm. My feeling was like, well, one, we could just simply not talk about it until this. There's more answers. Or two, we should talk about it and say, hey, there's this thing. No one knows what's going on, but you should be aware. Pay attention to it, you know, and, but also don't panic. Don't freak out because it's just simply there's unknowns because it does feel like I feel like you have to talk about it because if you don't talk about it, because I mean, that's the natural reaction. Like, well, there's going to be another yeah. one of these, these sort of false alarms, but. If you don't talk about it, then people are going to go like, oh, you're you're protecting somebody. You're protecting something or why are you ignoring this? You're trying to help. You're part of the cover up kind of nuttiness. But yeah. it's just like and it's because I think, you know, you're you're caught because if you don't talk about it, you're suddenly part of the Illuminati moon base, you know, 
Well, sign me up. I'm part of it. I guess. Or, I, you know, I had this discussion with a with uh, more than one uh, significant person in this space. I, I don't want to name any names at all, but like I, I after like when this whole thing start, when this whole thing broke, and then I made my video, and I got people like kind of messaging me saying, "Hey, we really agree with your take." I had discussions that kind of mirrored what you just said. We have to walk a line between try between people thinking we're protecting people uh, and also being responsible with what we are reporting. Right. And it's difficult because we are YouTubers and we work on the internet and all that is, uh, I mean, people are used to information immediately and being first is extremely important. It leads to views and money. Like it, 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 it definitely is something that people have to take into consideration in this game now whereas if we if it was 20 years ago and 30 years ago people were getting their information on the newspapers well that's a different story so like i get it i understand why people do it um i just don't necessarily agree with the approach that some take and the verbiage they use when talking about situations like this do you get the impression though like because last year it did seem like there were an extreme amount of these boy who cried wolf stories. Yeah. And I kind of wonder, and look, it was not even like this year it barely started and we got yet another two. Look, it's not January's not over, 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 or we're through two, two more, you know, panic stories. But do you get the feeling that people are changing how they're talking about it? Because I got to imagine after the, the, the absolute freak out over the, 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 um, TOEFL high powers, you know, mm -hmm. problems that people are like they've, they've got to be a little like okay i i can't really just do this again or are you seeing that people are still doing the usual it's the end of the world skies falling kind of videos when uh, like for these last couple ones same I've, thing that's what i saw like i, I it's what made me make that video like <laughs> and I, honestly i was expecting to get some pushback from people that i know and otherwise respect who do this because it's their job um I, I really didn't, which was nice, but I haven't seen any shifting of that attitude. Um, and if anything, it's getting worse because it's almost like the public looks for something to be upset about. They, they want that. They want to have some kind of outcry about something. They want to ride that pony. You know, like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's something the pony that must people, ride. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you know, you, you want to have something to, to chirp about on the internet or tweet about or, or make a video about, or like it gives, it gives you a sense of community to be outraged about something together. And um, you don't have to be that way. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say about it, but like you could yeah. just be happy with what you have and like put a little more thought into, into your conclusions. Well, and, and I think, I mean, Yes, we, I mean we can't control what the majority of, of the internet's going to do. The internet's going to internet, but at least and and why I personally wanted to have you on is because I, I totally commend you for putting out that video. That's not an easy video to make, especially in our landscape, especially YouTube. I mean, you know, it's it's just people understand the part of the game is you you have to play the game to get the clicks and the views and stuff. And so the amount of people who are willing to not play that, play that game, it hurts them. But also I feel like it's good for the people who do prioritize that to kind of get together and help each other out and, and, and work on it and kind of spread it to the other people. Cause I feel like 
the 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 more people we have on YouTube that you know stop kind of or pull back from that kind of content, the better it is, and we'll disseminate to the actual viewers and the commenters. I mean, I I, f- I feel like that about our our group. I mean, honestly, like uh, the the fine people who who tune into this show and and show up to our Discord every day. Like, I mean, we do have a really good group of people who are 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 you know like okay let's let's wait and see let's see the facts you know oh i found some interesting information over here or over there kind of thing uh that's and then it's usually the vocal minority that can kind of come in and yeah. and start you know uh inciting wars or whatever but i i feel like what we can control is being vocal about it and i i know it 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 seems like we 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 talk about this a lot, but I mean that's kind of why the outrage pony thing exists. Like I, I feel like the more spotlight we put on it, because we're in that position to put a spotlight on it, it's like hey, you know, we don't have to do that. Uh, that hopefully that will contribute to something. So thank you yeah, again, th- Brian, for for putting that up. If if, if people haven't oh, yeah. watched it, you should watch it. I, I put the uh, a link to to the video in in the description. So thank you, I appreciate that. I and you know I kind of discovered that. Um, my i think the way you cultivate your community is is really important because i found the feedback that i got on that video by and large was extraordinarily positive like more so than if i were to build a pc that looks cool like i had people reaching out to me saying that this was this needed to be said or they really appreciate the point of view and it's i i see those names a lot in my comments and tweets like the because it's the community that I've developed over however many years at this point. And it's the people that know me. And I think the people, I think you really um, draw like-minded people with how you are going about your business. And if you're, if you're the kind of outlet that puts out all this outrage content, you're going to have outraged viewers and fans. And if you don't, then you might have more level-headed people around you. And I think, that is going to be beneficial for you in the long run. Which is what I hope. I, ho- I hope there's more level-headed people, more people who are doing interesting content that's not just trying to get the clicks or trying to, to stir up controversy or or do something interesting. I mean, it's kind of like the, the video that, that you... Uh, you two did during CES, uh, you know, about the the performance is is performance king. Yeah, uh, yeah. When Gordon was talking kind of about uh, FPS and GeForce Now, I was getting really upset. <laughs> <laughs> do you? I have a question though. Do you think? I mean, because one thing I I generally don't like to do is you. We definitely you have people like I agree with you, Brian. You're totally right. It's this person that you know i have a problem with and it kind of gets into this back and forth really like it feels like now they're like okay now we need to we need to be angry with this person for oh or these people who are always producing these videos that are kind of pushing these kind of uh outrages yeah do you agree with that because i really don't think uh, i don't want to like get people to like go shout at somebody else because oh i like absolutely 100 percent do not want any of that to happen to anybody i i think that so I purposefully didn't I, w- I I was as vague as I could possibly be when talking about this kind of a situation because I I don't I'm not looking for anybody to pick up pitchforks here. Like I think that that would create more of a problem and I hope that that doesn't happen. Well, and, and um, contradicts what we're talking about like the idea yeah. of just like getting angry about something like that's I just, not no what we yeah, want either, I'm yeah. not trying to target anybody, any outlet, any publication 
any creator. I'm not, none of that. I just want people to think more critically. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And then just, you just don't get worked up in it to me as I, I agree with you hundred percent. Cause it really, you know, they, the, this the entire machine is built off of impulses and, and emotion and button emotion yeah. button pushing and you're playing right into the game if you're letting it push your buttons so you know and i uh, yeah and honestly like i think that that the, there's a feedback loop there right so like you have people who are putting out this this kind of content or purposefully trying to start some fires and then that becomes all consuming for them because it works you know, like they, they'll see good feedback on a video. They'll see good numbers on a, you know, click through rate on a publication and like, all right, well, this is what I got to do from now on. And then that becomes your whole persona. And that be, and that's just not good for anybody. Which I mean, and that, and that's what I'll offer. Like, yeah, rather than like getting, you know, calling for people to get pitchforks and <laughs> go get angry at other creators. I think it's more like, Hey, listen, if you're, if you're another creator and you're watching this and you're like, man, that, that bums me out. I, you know, I, I wish I could, but I, I got to feed the algorithm. Like I, I, I feel for you. I, I don't want that for you. Reach out to me. Let's, let's figure this out together that you can make content that, and you don't feel like you need to engage in that that engine and you know kind of play that game because a lot of the people that i've talked to actually have that feeling of like oh man it it, it bums me out that i have to play that algorithm but i I just got to do what i got to do and i i I don't like that i think we can all work together to (laughs) try to solve that we will uh, we shall defeat the algorithm right yeah (laughs) we we got to get those those outrage ponies back in their stables skeptical (laughs) no because i i think it's because you know if it's what and i i i'm with you but if that's what's bringing home the bacon for folks, which is essentially what brings in the views. I mean, it just, it must, it must be a terrible feeling because you do, and we've all done this. You bust your ass on something. You produce this video. Nobody gives a damn. Right. And you do something where you, you're just like, you're losing, you know, you're like losing your mind or whatever. And that's what people key up on because they're, you know, and it's just because again, the machine is, is playing it up and I it's just unfortunate that that's the only thing that generally works with the internet you know and it is it is it is I don't know how to get around that I mean yeah I think I think there is a way to get around I, I mean and like what you guys had talked about in your CES video there's ways to approach covering content that isn't just I'm going to run the benchmark and I'm going to show the the crazy numbers and I'm going to you know like always be about xyz kind of thing i mean there's other ways to have have the hardware play around with it do other features do interesting things that's not just about you know jumping on something and trying to differentiate differentiate yourself because everyone's going to review the same thing so you feel like you need to be the loudest loudest to review it or have the the most craziest take on something the hot hottest hot take right that's what works yeah the most negative review or you know like that right. plays sometimes it, it does yeah yeah that is yeah and I, I don't know because that's terrible because you don't want to be there but i i but then i i understand because that's what worked right so that but yep how the hell are we ever going to break that cycle is the problem i don't know how to ever break that cycle i don't know i'm gonna yeah. retire <laughs> done with this business well no you're supposed to take over the the show what the hell yes you're yeah yeah because you know because <laughs> i'm broken because I, I got I I don't get my direct storage. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I will say a uh, uh, friend of the show, um, Falcon Northwest is in the chat and says, uh, Gordon's outrage at small form factor is the real problem here. 
I just don't, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I mean, I understand it's a, it's a, there are people that it works for more power to you. That's what you prefer for me. I, I don't prefer it, but at the same time, don't start getting like a tiny box is going to be more powerful than a bigger box. It's just, it's so, so let, let me, I, I don't think I've ever, I've had this discussion with you. Oh, no. So let me, let me ask you a question. Um, Theoretically, right? You have two machines. One is big, one is small, and they perform the same. You want a big machine? I would actually prefer the bigger machine. And the Why? main reason is, well, unless one is a console, the other one is something I'm going to probably have to eventually service. And when I have to service it, it's like it's a pain in the butt to have to try to jam your hand into the machine. Can you get your fingies start, in there? You got to start pulling components out just to do the most basic thing. It's like... um. You know, it's like a 55 Chevy. You can climb into the engine compartment and versus a car. That's the entire thing is covered in plastic and, you know, because yeah. I don't want you to touch anything. It's just nicer to have to service stuff because I, I generally run things for a long, long, long time. Things break. You got to receive the memory once in a while. Yeah. And having the more the larger physical space means it's just simply easier to service. It's like um, and, and then th this is that dichotomy. A big, fat, ugly laptop. <laughs> is a lot easier to service and repair. I, I want to shove it. that big, ugly-ass laptop into my bag. You know? Nah, I, I'm not with a, you on a, that a, one, a small dude. form factor is way easier to repair than a, <laughs> yeah. a, any laptop. I, <laughs> yes, it is, but it is not as easy to repair as a big-ass desktop. And that is, <laughs> that's basically the same dichotomy. It's like, hey, I'd love to have the space it saves is great, the serviceability is bad. And that's just something that's an actual truth. This is just simply factual, like sun hot, fire hot. I'm gonna fly of. out there. I'm gonna bring some some small farm factor stuff. We're gonna do some builds together. We're I, I think we're you know what we should do. I, I have some content do, ideas, Brian. Let's let's get you out. Let's all right, so what we're gonna do we're gonna do full desktop. Yeah, okay. Small four factor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Change M.2, start clock. Receipt memory, start clock. It's actually okay. pretty easy. A lot of a lot of yeah. IT power supply star clock. A lot of IT exports have the M.2 on the back. It's pretty easy. Maybe, maybe you know. I mean, depends yeah, on. If it's, main... if it's a sandwich design, then it's not even covered up by the GPU. I mean, you were complaining so, about how the direct storage thing you're going to do. You're like, oh man, each time I have to take the GPU out to. Well, to swap. I with the 4090s, I didn't realize they were big as a system. So I mean, you know, <laughs> that that kind of changes the math. But you know, so if, I, if I beat, if we do a contest and I beat you, we switch. I think you can't you can't purposely build something that's because I don't think <laughs> that's you can. serviceable. Well, oh, I was like, man. so like if yeah. you have a system where there's three SSDs in it and you got to yeah. change all three SSDs, you know, that, why? Why would you do that? I don't know. I'm just saying because you're going to have to get <laughs> See, the Brian, one SSD. Small form factor is worse. What I'm what saying is, what if you have three SSDs and you need the to change SSD all that is harder to get to is what you're going to start swearing right. about. Well, we're we, swearing we, about it, and I, I think that's just I can accept that that. <laughs> small four factors are great because they're small. They take up a little space. Yeah. When you got to get in there and work on it, you are going to be like, you are, you are, you're going to scream everybody's I, I, I name. Service, I service my small four factor all the time. Anyway, uh, friend of the show, Bray Thorn, uh, which I'm, I, I want on the, 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 the coming on the show, uh, gave us a ten dollars super chat. Thank you so much. You, you didn't have to do that, uh, Gordon. Uh, you can have any size PC you want. Just keep it off the floor. What is up with the floor thing? I don't understand. So Brian, if, where do you keep your PC? Right here. It's right on your floor. Me. What? No, I'm not. What do you think? I'm lying down. Wait, right here. <laughs> so, well, who, 
Is it, when did this rule show up? This must have been the last I have, like I have 12 animals. years. I what? have animals in my house. I have four animals, three cats and a dog. If my PC was on the floor, it'd be full of animal hair. And that is the reason you guys all run your machines on your desk. Plus, it looks awesome. It's right here. Why wouldn't I want to look at it? Have you seen my builds? They're great. Oh, that, that's, but you also <laughs> build little tiny computers so you can put them next to your on your desk. It's, in a, it's in a fractal north, the case that nobody can buy, apparently. Really? Oh, really? Because well, they sold out, right? It's like yeah. super, super hot. Yeah. Uh, well, you, 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 have a, you have a friend of the show, Gear Seekers, uh, in the chat. He says, PC on the floor is the only way. Wow. When the hell did this rule come about? I mean, well, I, I, I know think I don't th- there's a memos, difference. But... There's a difference we can say on the floor, though. I mean, there's it's well, if he's, it's a hardwood floor. Australia? Yeah, he's so in Australia, like, so it's, it's upside upsi- down. So it's yeah, actually it's on the down. on that the ceiling. Count. So yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, technically, mine is on the floor next to me, but it's actually uh, up on an apple box. So it's it's raised off the floor, and I have hardwood floors. So I mean, I'm I'm like nowhere near carpet. Apple or like a box. No, sorry, of apples. it's it's a it's a, a video production thing. An apple box. It's like a like a. a, a a hardwood thing that you, gotcha. you yeah gotcha. it comes in different sizes i don't i don't know how to describe it so you're gonna box. get roasted for using apple products or no, no 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 not not an apple thing uh but yeah gordon i mean i think the problem really more is that you have carpet you have sitting it on you're sitting on carpet right no it's on hardwood oh it's on hardwood. okay okay this case is so big it's not gonna i mean it's a gigantic <laughs> case what am i gonna it just no it's he not couldn't fill it with pet hair if he tried yeah. Oh, and and it sounds like bottom intake. He just he doesn't even need it. The case is so big. Bottom. And this intake, is why you need to service it so often. If it was off the floor, you wouldn't have to do that. <laughs> all right, all right. I, I just. Right, I don't. There's these rules that the, that the youths have come up with. I don't think. I'm going to talk to somebody <laughs> my vintage and see if they do the same thing. They'd be like, "What? Why would you put on your desk? Like, uh, well, I wouldn't uh, have room on my desk." Uh, I, I need to see what uh, uh, Kelt from Falcon Northwest. Uh, he's of your vintage. Let's let's see where he puts uh, his machines. Oh yeah. Uh, well, while, while I'm waiting for Kelt's answer, I'm going to switch over to, to viewer Q and A. Uh, if if you have any questions and you're you're live with us right now, get them in the chat at PC World so it's easier for me to see. Uh, if you uh, are watching or listening to this later, there's a link to the description to our Discord. Awesome people over there who don't automatically hop on Outrage Ponies for the most part. Uh, and th- there is a, uh, a a channel in there for, for questions. You can load it in and I can hopefully get to it at, uh, at another time. Um, oh, uh, sorry, real, real quick. Uh, Gear Seekers, uh, he's, he's, he's ashamed to be called out, but he says he doesn't want to look at his PC. He just wants it to do his job. So uh, that's why he hmm. has his on the floor, uh, and and Kelt uh, says uh, his his computer's on his desk. So sorry, Gordon. There uh, you go. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, if you have your questions in, uh, get them in now. Uh, I I want to get to some of the ones on Discord because we actually do have a, a lot piled up over on the Discord. And uh, since Brian's here, I, I think I think we can we can have some fun with this. Um. Uh, DRK MRK uh, put in uh, a little bit ago. Now with EVGA out of the race, who is the top brand you look at first when buying a new GPU? Is that for me? That's all of us. Yeah. Uh, I try not to have a favorite brand and I don't think people should. Uh, EVGA was great uh, for a number of different reasons, but uh, I mean, every manufacturer has their pluses and minuses. I mean, if I... I mean, overall, I think the company that makes GPUs that has the most cachet is probably Asus, but those cards are always really expensive. I mean, they're very well built, but they're more expensive than most. 
Um, I I, just, I try not to have a favorite hardware manufacturer. I use everybody. E even like even design wise, is there any designs that you're like, oh, you know, what I kind oh, of like look wise, of it better? Uh, I'd have to think about that. Uh, I I generally like Asus's designs. I guess. I'd, I'd I'd say the same for me. I, we we get. I, I think you got your hands on that uh, that that forty eighty that they had for the um, the Noctua forty eighty. That was the first time I've ever seen one in person. That was actually. I, I don't have one here, but I I I um I played with it at the show, and yeah, yeah. It, was, uh, <laughs> it was a quite a chunky boy. Yeah, but it's a, it's the it's the fan color. It the the, the color scheme of that Noctua. Uh, Aces card is really what does it. I think it does it in a good way or a bad way for you. No, in a good way because I mean, if you're if you're into the whatever Pantone color that that uh, Noctua uses, like that kid, that that card is like, oh, that's just it's just perfect, right? Because that well, it's, it's a, perfect for you. Your PC's on the floor. Yeah, no, but I know it really. You know the whole Noctua color thing, which is it's just funny that it's just they've really built that into like a brand. You know, they can, they can never change the colors for now. Yeah, so no, I, that's true. I really dug that one. It, for they me, probably, I, I I always like getting the black Noctua. I I, I bet they sell a, really? a healthy oh amount of the black. Yeah, that's yeah. wrong though. Do you I mean, they're wrong? good fans. They're good fans too. So. No, there was the good fans, but I mean, you got to do it. It's like the classic Noctua brown. You got to like the brown and white. To me, that's like that's their color. Why would you? Why would you not? If you're gonna go there, why would because you do they're it? good it's fans? Like, it's like buying a Ferrari and then buying it in like yellow. Like I'm sorry, that's just oh, yellow not a... Ferrari. It's I mean, better in red. All Ferrari, all Ferraris should be red. I don't even know why they sell them in any other colors. Should be just sold in red. But <laughs> don't you think? Are there some kids you need to tell to get off your lawn or something? Yeah, no, just <laughs> I. You know, and I honestly run a lot of Founders Edition cards, so it doesn't. I'm probably not. A I actually card. really dig the FE this generation of FE cards. I think they look really hmm. sharp. And they really, they perform well too. They cool well, and they're smaller than most other cards, especially like the eighties and nineties series. But yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, I you know I before I have so I'm using an all AMD system right now, um, which is a chance that I took in and of itself. But before good video, then, good I, video by the way too. Oh, thank you. Um, before then, I had uh, an Intel system with an NVIDIA GPU, and it was the forty ninety FE. And um, it worked great. Like I had no problems with it at all. I think it looked really good. So they become harder and harder to find, though, as we go deeper into the the GPU cycle. Yeah, you know, I think that's the one thing that I learned out of the whole twelve volt high power, um, whatever fiasco or freak out that kind of surprised me. And the footprint of Founders Edition cards is a lot smaller than we give it credit for. Like. Because originally it was like, remember they were all like, you know, melt, 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 and like none of them were actually FE cards. And I don't think in the entire stack of 50 reported cards, there were any FE cards, actually. They may have had actually NVIDIA certified cables that apparently weren't plugged in all the way, but mm. they weren't. And I was like, what in the, why are there no, because then it kind of made me question, like, is it some kind of design issue that third-party board vendors made before it turned out like oh yeah it's just you're not plugging in all the way hmm. that i think the reason from talking to some folks is like the reason you're not seeing these fe cards is like they don't sell bupkis of fe cards as much as everybody thinks like oh nvidia is putting all their partners out of business they really don't sell a lot yeah they don't sell cards. huge numbers they don't sell Our a lot they just it's probably just to enable it and then that yeah. sort of but to me that 
that goes against the whole narrative is like Nvidia is trying to put all their partners out of business by not making enough cards to sell. Like they just don't really care. It's just they love to tell the third party vendors to make. Yeah, they are good though. I like them. No, they are good cards. Uh, as a follow up, uh, in, in Nim Nimek. As a follow up to our previous conversation, uh, I'm curious what course uh, what case Gordon has right now that's sitting on the floor. I think Do it's like a one? Corsair C700. I forget. Let me look it up to make sure I got that right. It's pretty giant. Is that right? Uh, I I mind I I want to build my next one in the the north. I I have that north oh, unit that they had sent seven thousand D. It's really 7, nice. D. Okay, Corsair seven thousand like- D. God, you know, I wish I still had the original Corsair case. The Obsidian, the, was it the 900D? Yeah, that those things were massive. Oh, my God. I know. I kind of wish I, I mean, you know, I've, I've had a few in the lab over the years. Base Labs is coming back. That seems, that's your speed. Are they really? Yeah. I mean, they, original uh, they were folks? Bought by, or... I think they were, they were the, the, I, the, I guess, IP, whatever you want to call it, the, the, the brand awesome. was bought by, I think, a Swedish company, and hmm. they're moving operations to Europe. And I think they're going to restart manufacturing. Wow. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, those case labs are, they might be even too big for me, but, you know, to me, like seven nonsense, 7,000 D is a good size. That's a full tower ATX. You can see it. It's, it's big. Yeah. It's a pretty big case. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we got a question from front of the show, Braythorn. Uh, will Intel ever abandon their two CPU generations per socket? Oh boy. Will they ever? Yeah, will they will they ever do that? It's pretty will hard ever... to prognosticate. I don't know. I mean they could, but why would they? Yeah, like, that pattern has kind of continued on for a long time. I don't think that's gonna change. I think there might be occasional, you know, nip tucks where you might get three in one or honestly one in one, but I think the cadence is you know, it's it's not just about the CPU. You gotta update other things. So they can update USB. They can update whatever other components. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I also think that ever since they moved on from, I had a big problem when they were changing everything and staying on 14 nanometer for seven years. Um, I think as long as they're progressing their manufacturing process and, uh, you know, you were getting more performance out of these chips, I'm, I'm okay with every two cycles because you don't have to upgrade. Like you're, nobody forces you to do that. You know, I always kind of tell people that too, like your, your games aren't performing any worse because something new came out. Right. So I'm okay with it. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, again, it's always, although it's, I would kind of torn. Like, so the way AMD does it with like what four or five years on a, on a platform, I think is preferable. I, I think that they've drawn a lot of fans away from Intel for that reason alone. But I don't think necessarily needs, I don't think that Intel necessarily needs to change the way they do things as a result. Like they still have plenty of people who want to use their stuff. Yeah. And I, I also think, you know, like, like Brian is saying, people are really also overestimating how often people do in socket upgrades. It is very, very small. It is. Yeah. It's, it's so insignificantly small that it really doesn't matter that they do it. And but I, I will say, like being able to take the original Ryzen eighteen hundred X motherboard that I did the review on in twenty seventeen, and putting a 
the 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 5800X 3D in it, it was like that's just like that's just amazing, yeah. right? To like that kind of like that is just that is just kind of cool in a in a 1998 kind of way because you just really couldn't get that kind of upgrade out of anything modern. So I yeah, think I, get it. I understand it. I really do understand it. And and also as somebody who keeps old hardware around a long time, it's nice to get like an old box and like oh you can do this upgrade. Like you know like you're helping somebody do an upgrade and their options are you can honestly put a really, really fast CPU in this old machine and you'll be pretty happy with the CPU performance. I think that's very valuable, but you know, most people just simply buy another machine or they swap their video card. They swap their, you know, their uh, SSD and that's it. You're looking at like typical upgrade cycle of five or six years, right? For most people. Yeah. And at that point you likely have all you know new memory standard new right like right. a whole bunch of new features that you'd like to play with and that's going to require a new platform anyway so yeah and i i really do think as much as people really hate the intel every two cycles thing it also means everything's pretty fresh you know like a lot of you could expect a certain level of usb you can expect a certain level of pcie you can expect you know, there's just so many more modern things that you can get with a new motherboard versus trying to make something really really old live forever so yeah. it keeps them fresher in some ways and you know as much as people say it's not working intel is still you know yeah, they majority do okay. market share majority market share of all all cpus so including yeah. desktop so uh, Dman9971 uh, asks, uh, I loved NVIDIA 3D Vision. How excited are you guys for the upcoming glasses-free monitors? Uh, I am, you, you had some things to talk about. Yeah. yeah. I don't, did I'm you not. get to see those at CES, Brian? Oh, no, I that, didn't. Have, oh, man. I'm not a 3D guy. Um, this may change I, your mind. Yeah. This may change your mind. I, and it, was actually... never the, it was never the glasses that bothered me, though. Like, I, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't, I wasn't, I didn't get it. <laughs> like I, mean, I go to a movie theater and have that 3D experience and it doesn't do anything for me. I have, or I ha- I still have a 3D TV that I bought when 3D TVs were a thing. When was it? 2012 or something. And I used it like four times as a tech demo when like my family came over and was like, check this, check out what this TV can do. And I did, it didn't mean anything to me at all. Like I didn't, it wasn't, in, it wasn't immersive for me. It didn't, didn't make the experience any better. I mean, maybe you're right that like a glasses free experience might change my mind a little bit, but it was never the glasses that, that, that I didn't like. Yeah. So I guess what I would say is, you know, I was, I was a big fan of the original NVIDIA, you know, 3d vision stuff for projected content, because at that time, they they basically were pushing 3D. They had the surround, just some of the history of this. They actually had a surround 3D thing they were pushing. I was never impressed with glass 3D vision from NVIDIA as a gaming experience. I didn't think it really did all that much. Where it impressed me more was this weird side offshoot where you could actually have a very nice 3D experience using projected. For some reason, mm-hmm. for me projected 3d work better it just all off of a television screen maybe it's because it wasn't big enough but it just didn't feel like it ever jumped out at you projected was really nice of course all that went away they even killed it in the drivers um 
and it all ultimately got turned to what is essentially now you know high high refresh gaming. But from what while well, the thing that I saw, so there are two vendors that had it. One was ASUS, the other one was Acer. They had glasses, 3D screens. One was IPS, one was OLED. Uh, Asus had uh, OLED, Acer had uh, IPS. Acer was pushing it for gaming experience. Asus pushing it for really a engineering, you know, content creation thing. They really, they really kind of floored me because it looked so good. Most, mm. most glassless 3D that I've seen, and even with glasses, it's it looks very low res, like extreme. Like this is like okay, it's kind of cool, but is it was always very low res. The what I saw from the Asus and Acer was like, wow, this is like with 3D content, the, it looked really good, like really good. It's I'm, willing, really, I'm willing to check it out for sure. Yeah, if you get a chance, the Asus one was really cool because, you know, they had it hooked up to some, you know, metal medical demos and, you know, engineering stuff where you could pull stuff out and work on it. You know, you could have it in your face and turn around and look at it. That was actually pretty cool. Hmm. I sort of expected less of the Acer one, but actually when I finally saw the Acer one, I, I really liked it as well. You know, it was more like a shadow box where you got about three inches of depth to it, but it looked really cool. So yeah. it was just, but really the, the improvement was the the resolution over sort of, because they, they also had a demo where they played some uh, stuff from the new Avatar movie. And I was like, oh, this doesn't look so good. But the actual 3D content using the Epic engine, because they just had more, you could now plug into DirectX layers and you could give it more depth. That was really kind of, blows you away and mm. and and then the just to, to show you how cool that was adam and i actually went over to the other trade show that was going on during um ces oh yeah some technology stuff we really were right. there for technology stuff and we saw a 3d monitor that they had this one uh vendor it was like oh yeah we're showing this what was coming out of the monitor well i don't even care about what was coming out of the monitor but okay. it would look it was a thirty thousand dollar 3d display and it was like oh my god it was like this looks like a toy it looked like a it's just like so low don't don't worry about it and this but the the thing is what you were getting out of the acer and the and the asus one makes me think like this is like the first time where you do vr where it's just not crap right like like the original vibe was like holy shit this is awesome i would say this is like that level and of course you know to get from this is actually not crap to something people are going to want is a long, long ways away, but we're clearly, you could see that clearly being a path that some people are going to want because it is really pretty. Neat. I can't imagine seeing it like in a larger, you know, 30 plus desktop panel. Cause I bet that'd be like, Holy smokes. I think it'll be good. And what they're doing, they're actually looking at your eyeballs too. It's really very, very advanced. It's, it's come a long way. So I'm, I'm actually very excited for it. But if you were a fan of, Nvidia's 3D Vision, you know how that eventually went nowhere. So hmm. this is a 50-50 chance it's going to go nowhere too, right? So yeah, or it'll be big for a year and then be done. Yeah, you get the hype machine. You know, I think they were hoping for more hype out of CES maybe on this, but you know, I think people are very, very conservative because I mean VR people really thought was going to go someplace and it's kind of going nowhere. Yeah, Microsoft apparently even killed the. The hollow 3D stuff, the hollow lens. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, Brian's got to go. 
Uh, so oh, I, I, a heart I, out. Yeah, I think we should wrap it up here. Uh, thank you, Brian, for for hanging out with us. And the, we we got plenty of questions. So we'll we'll hold on to them. Uh, for for I'm sorry week. about that. We'll get them next time. I promise. No, no. But you know, pe- people love having you on. When I announced it in our Discord, uh, people were like, "Oh hell yeah, Brian's gonna be here." So, <laughs> well, I'd love uh, to come back and do it again. You guys are always awesome to talk to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna take us uh, out, Adam. Yep, take yeah. us out of here, man. Check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher, and send com- questions and comments to p- the Full Nerd. Boy, I really just this afternoon is throwing me off. To the Full Nerd at PCWorld.com. Also, leave a review every time you do. Brian, call somebody out on the internet for calling things out. I don't know. What? I don't know. What? He didn't call anybody out. <laughs> Brian will post. Brian will post a video that will make everybody go like, yeah, you know what? He's he's saying the right thing. So thanks for coming. I try. I'm I try. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really, I'm really just lost here today. Uh, thanks for coming. Brian Soro with BPS Customs. Also go to his YouTube channel. Please like and subscribe and hit that, uh, smash that bell button. Thanks, guys. And Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the off switch. Uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks, Brian, for, for hanging out. Uh, always good to, to chat with you. We will see you next week. Bye. <laughs>